Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tacovas want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tacovas is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here in the late hours of Sunday. I believe it's Sunday. <clears throat> yeah, it's Sunday. Uh, from the extreme eastern part of Oklahoma. I have uh, been on the road for more hours than I can count the last couple days and uh, woke up in Albuquerque, New Mexico Saturday, drove down to Tucson, covered the game, drove back to Albuquerque, got home in the wee hours of the morning after sunrise, slept a few hours, hit the road home. You know, if you ever want to know how big America really is, go drive it. I mean, honestly, go drive it. I've seen some amazing things, but I am ready to be home. And uh, we'll finish that drive up in the morning. I'll get a few hours sleep here and we'll get back to Starkville in time for Mike Leach's press conference tomorrow afternoon. But we're going to go ahead and give you your show this evening so you can enjoy it in the morning. I know you guys are eager for the show. I've had several people message me uh, wanting the boneyard before now, but um, I wanted to get it done before I finished up the drive. I considered 
making the drive all the way back to Starkville, but then I wouldn't have had time to sleep and do the show and go to the press conference. So this is our best option. So here we are. I don't even know the name of this town, but uh, <laughs> I'm almost to Fort Smith. Wish I had time uh, to run up to Riders, Arkansas and kiss my grandbaby, but uh, we'll do that here pretty soon. She and her family will be in Starkville for the Texas A&M weekend. That's also Rock Vegas weekend. Hope you guys can join us there at Hobie's on Main. If you hadn't bought your tickets, encourage you to do so at eventbrite.com. I'm happy to send you the social media link. If, if you want to support the event and maybe you don't have plans to attend, you can buy those tickets and email them to me at srobertson at jeanspage.com. Uh, I would say about 20 people have already done that. One gentleman bought 20 tickets, and I'm going to put those tickets in the hands of needy Mississippi State students who need an night of rock. So you can contribute to the cause, and the cause, of course, is Mississippi State's NIL uh, collective, the Bulldog Initiative, headed by one Charlie Winfield. And uh, I would encourage you to always uh, be a supporter of that. So we're going to have a great time. We're going to raise some money for our student-athletes. And so we'll look forward to uh, seeing family then. But we've got a lot to talk about. Mississippi State with a, a solid win last night over the University of Arizona. I want to talk a little bit about the campus there. It is beautiful in Tucson. And for a guy that was raised in South Mississippi, you get a chance to see a lot of things that perhaps uh, you wouldn't ordinarily see. Like I, I have lived life with pine trees lining the roads my entire life. Well, there aren't many trees in New Mexico. As I told you guys, Friday I went and uh, paid my respects to Billy the Kid. Planned to get the tombstone, just didn't have time to do it. Just couldn't get it all in. So when we come back in a couple years to play Arizona State, I plan to do that. I'll go to Tombstone while I'm down here. Probably take an extra day or two and just kind of enjoy myself as I have this time. And I have enjoyed myself. But I am enjoying the ride home. And the best thing about the ride home is that it ends at home. So I'm ready to get back, be around my kid, be around my dogs, be around all of you. But let's celebrate Mississippi State's uh, 2-0 start to the college football season. Pretty wild weekend in the Southeastern Conference. We'll discuss that. We won't have a top 10 list today because, quite frankly, I'm a little bit tired. Uh, but I want to get the show done, and we'll get back to that on Wednesday's show. We'll do Stevie Ray Vaughan on Wednesday. I've had some requests for that. Thought we had done it. Maybe we have not. But uh, we will knock it out again Wednesday. And if we have done it, it's never too, uh, too late to do it again when you got a legend like Stevie Ray Vaughan. So we'll, uh, we'll take care of that on Wednesday. So no top 10 today. We will get in a, a close with Blair uh, segment on the show, though. So don't worry about that. Let's thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of this show. And I, I was a friend to Bulldog Burger Company prior to them being a sponsor of this show. I was already a loyal customer of Bulldog Burger Company. So I was so happy to partner with them because I was already so impressed with the quality of service. And the more that I have traveled, especially these uh, last few days, it has made me appreciate the quality of service that I can expect at Bulldog Burger Company. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive and Star Vegas. That great patio area is there. Be sure and check that out when you're in town. Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. And then the, the newest one, Lake Harper Drive in the Roots and Flowood area. Go by, check them out. You'll be glad you did. Have a great restaurant quality burger. Get the spring rolls as your appetizer. They will make you and everybody around you better looking. And then get that chocolate shake to go. I mean, we're talking gourmet quality food here. You can't get it anywhere else. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, let's jump right in here. Uh, Mississippi State, of course, uh, winners last night. One of the first things that I want to say, uh, Bulldog fans, is uh, we've got to learn to enjoy 
success. When we win, rather than poke holes in our success, I wish we could move on from that. I, I really do. I want to preach to you here today. But the uh, reality of it is, is that um, there are times it's like, well, you know, if we've been playing an SEC opponent, well, we weren't. We weren't playing an SEC opponent. We were playing Arizona. It's a nice tune-up for us, a Power 5 opponent. We go into their backyard. We win the ball game. And those guys in Vegas know what they're talking about. They didn't just throw that line out there for the fun of it, right? I think that's one of the lessons learned here, too, is when Mississippi State is installed as a favorite, maybe you should pay attention. If you haven't seen, State uh, minus three this weekend at LSU. You generally get a three-point advantage for being the home team. So that's basically saying Mississippi State is a near-touchdown favorite. Now, what that line settles before now and Saturday remains to be seen. But um, Mississippi State expected to win next Saturday at LSU. But before we get there, let's take a look at this win over the University of Arizona. And, uh, you know, again, no game is complete without a little misfortune, right? But uh, before the game started, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Maybe you were, maybe you weren't. I don't know if they mentioned it on TV. The uh, Arizona in pregame warm-ups, uh, when our kickers are out there kicking the balls around, they're kicking our footballs off the field, like kicking them toward our sideline. There was a lot of uh, angst, shall we say, from Arizona, kind of arrogance, and really arrogance for no reason. I mean, this is a team that's barely won any football games here in the last couple of years. And they really didn't show us any respect. And, and they came out with that chip on their shoulder and really kind of punched us in the mouth. But our guys kind of stood strong there and, and pushed back and, of course, ultimately won the football game. But I wanted to share that with you. There was some pregame foolishness, shall we say. There was no, no dust-ups or any skirmishes, but um, it was something that was noticed. Let's just say that. All right, so Mississippi State does not win the toss. Arizona wins, elects to receive, and everybody knows that first drive, your things that are scripted out. So we get a touchback from Ben Rabin, and that was kind of the theme of night from Ben. Ben, kind of an unsung hero in Mississippi State's win over Arizona. Arizona begins their drive at the 25 after the touchback. Shotgun snap, and they hand it to Michael Wiley, who rushed for five yards. And we discussed this on the show last week, that Arizona sought to establish the run against San Diego State and then used the run to set up the pass. They tried to do that against us. Didn't work out nearly as well. Michael Wiley then runs for no game. And then it's complete to Jacob Cowan. Try to get him involved early. That's a third and five play. They, con- they convert there on a six-yard gain to bring up a first and ten. First and ten, the Arizona 36. Delora is incomplete to Tanner McLaughlin, a uh, tight end there. It's been a real weapon for them. 30 yards, nice gain there all the way down to the state 34 to Cameron Richardson on the tackle. Incomplete there to Jacob Cowie. Jed Johnson gets a hand on it, breaks the pass up, and then Michael Wiley rushes off the right side, 34 yards for a touchdown. And if I told you that was going to be the bulk of their rushing attack on the evening, you probably wouldn't have believed me. But uh, we're pretty salty against the run. We just didn't fit a gap here. Next thing you know, it's a touchdown. Extra point is good. The crowd is into it. It's 7-0 Arizona. State's first drive. We come out and, again, kind of establish the run ourselves. And that has been kind of a staple through two games for State is that we found some success on the ground. Dylan Johnson runs for 11 yards and a first down. We then go to Rara Thomas, second consecutive game where he makes your first reception. Brings up a second and six. We find Caleb ducking across the middle for five yards. Brings up a third and short. 
And then Woody Marks, who I thought really ran the football well last year, got a little bit banged up, but did return into the ball game. There was some immediate concern when he went down later in the game, but uh, he did return and is expected to be full go uh, against LSU. So 16-yard gain for Woody here brings up a first and 10 at the Arkansas 34. It is then complete to Rara for nine yards, makes a very manageable second one. Dylan Johnson then just kind of runs wild here, 14 yards for the first down. Uh, I believe this is to play. I'd have to go ahead and watch the game. Got to watch it uh, probably tomorrow evening. We ran a halfback lead here. Well, we got split back sets, and we had Woody run basically a fullback action there, and we followed behind him with DJ. 14 yards on the game brings up a first and 10 at the Arizona 11. And then State runs up the middle for two, which makes a second and eight. And then there's Woody Marks. Hit the hole wide open. Nine yards for the touchdown. And then we miss the extra point. That's Massimo Biscardi, a guy that was brought in to make kicks, misses the extra point. So now instead of it being a tie game, we trail 7-6. All right, another touchback from Ben Rabin. Again, an unsung hero in this ballgame. Delara then is complete to Dorian Singer for 14 yards, which brings up at first and 10 the Arizona 39. They go back to the ground game. D.J. Williams, a guy that I really thought would have uh, probably more of a say in this game. This was really kind of his drive. Uh, runs for three yards, brings up a second and seven. They go back to the left side with D.J. He gets six, third and one. And then we stack it up there. Randy Charlton and Buki Watson, a great job there. Makes it a fourth and one. And then D.J. fights for the first down. I thought we had him stop there. Second effort, he pushes ahead there and moves the chain, which makes it first and ten. And then the first sack of the evening, Colin Duncan comes free there. And State's pressure was all in Delora's face. And I read some comments online. People were like, I don't understand our pass rush. We'll get to some of that a little bit later. I think we were watching a different game. I don't know if they showed a different game than the one that we watched uh, in person at Arizona. But State's pass rush was in Delora's face all night long. Whether we got him on the ground or not, we influenced the passer. Second and 20 here, and we bring the heat again. And Emmanuel Forbes gets a hand on it. And uh, credit to uh, Brian Ogden, Mississippi State SID liaison there, for kind of making sure that that was credited to Forbes because Forbes breaks it up and Jalen Green picks it off. Brings it back 29 yards all the way down to the Arkansas, Arkansas, the Arizona 37. And then there is a frustration foul on uh, Delora, who basically cracked back on uh, Emmanuel Forbes. I didn't think there was an awful lot there. I would have been okay with them not tossing the flag. They do, which makes it first and 10 state at the Arizona 22. Didn't take state very long here. Dylan Johnson runs for three to the the Arizona 19. Then a complete pass to to Tulu Griffin, who gets 10 yards and a first down, but sets up a first and goal opportunity from the nine-yard line. And then we hit Caleb Ducking on the fade there. An incredible catch. And uh, there was some extracurriculars here between Caleb's mark. And uh, Caleb was the better player. We have discussed Caleb Ducking several times on this show to kind of prepare you guys for this season. Ducking's a guy that's had a great fall camp. But in addition to that, too, I think he's a guy, too, that just doesn't really care. He doesn't he didn't, it didn't bother him that uh, he's not supposed to be uh, – <laughs> carrying himself the way that he does. The guy's an outstanding player, and who would have known after two games he'd have three touchdowns? But that's exactly where we are. Biscardi then misses another extra point, this one worse than the first. It was the last time we would see Massimo Biscardi uh, down in Tucson, Arizona. But State takes a 12-7 lead here, and like all of you, I'm thinking, you know what, we're going to need those two points later in the ballgame. 
Bulldog defense now with the lead plays exceptionally well here. It is a rush up the middle for eight yards, which makes it second, excuse me, it's an eight-yard loss here on the play, uh, which make, they make it a team rush, but brings up a second and 18. And they're incomplete to Cowing, and uh, Tyrus Weed, all in his face there, forces the early and errant throw, makes it third and 18. And then there's again uh, a scramble-type situation, and he hits uh, Tatario McMillan, uh, great player for them out of uh, – out of Hawaii, but he runs out of bounds there, so it is in charge for illegal touching. Either way, he would have been short of the line to gain. Uh, the reality of it is, is defense gets a three and out here. They punt, and he shanks it. We nearly got there. And then Kyle Ostendorp is, uh, is an All-American candidate, hit some missiles that night. But uh, this one, out of bounds at the Arizona 40. So right away, State having a chance to kind of build and foster that lead uh, after the, the beneficiary of that great field position First and 10 from the Wildcat 40, it's Woody Marks running for two yards up the middle, brings up a second and eight. We then swing it out to Marks, who gets a couple yards, brings up a third and six, and I thought this is a big play in the ballgame. We could have very easily been in a situation where it becomes four-down territory. Instead, Marks runs for 14 yards. And again, I thought the Bulldog backs really ran hard and played exceptionally well. First and 10, the Wildcat 22. We run up the middle, and it's one of our only negative runs of the night. They stack us up here for one-yard loss. Just we just we There was nothing there. We couldn't get any push. And credit Arizona for making a nice play here. Kylan Bars, excuse me, Kyan Bars uh, with the tackle. Second 11 from the Arizona 23. Rodgers is then complete to Tulu Griffin. And then they flag us for holding. Cameron Jones flagged. And we had a decent night with penalties, but we had some penalties that were kind of uh, untimely, shall we say. This could have proved to be one of them. And then Will Rogers gives him the hard count and gets bars to jump off sides, makes it second and 16. On that play, we find Dylan Johnson for seven yards, which makes a more manageable third and nine. And then we hit Antonio Harmon right in the hands, and he is easily going to have the first down, probably a more sizable game, drops the football. Raven then comes on, kicks his first Bulldog field goal to give State a 15-7 lead. He follows it up with a touchback. To round out the quarter, Arizona gets the uh, first and 10, they're 25. It's incomplete to Dorian Singer, and against State in his face. And then they, they decide to run a little tempo, and they run Jonah Coleman there for three yards. That runs out the quarter. Nathan Pickering on the tackle. I thought Pick had a really good ball game. So after one quarter of play, it's Mississippi State 15, Arizona 7. And at this point, State had 70 yards rushing in the quarter. And it wasn't just, uh, you know, one guy. It was pretty much uh, – you know, the tandem of DJ and Woody both running exceptionally hard. Really like the effort we're seeing from those guys. Third and seven, it's a no-huddle play again, and it's incomplete to Dorian uh, Singer. And DeCamerion Richardson, who has played exceptionally well through two weeks, breaks the pass up, forces a fourth and seven. And then it is a 64-yard punt that uh, Xavier Thomas basically catches like uh, Willie Mays out there over his shoulder, probably should let that ball bounce and roll into the end zone. Instead, he grabs it and returns it 20 yards out to the MSU 28. Probably something they'll review in film. Again, State, kind of like we had last week with uh, with Memphis. You kind of have them on the ropes here. You've put a couple scoring drives together, and then we have that untimely turnover. And again, it goes into Will Roger, Rogers' uh, you know, stat column, but it's not his fault. First and 10. It's incomplete to Rufus Harvey, ball broken up by Jackson Turner. And on second and 10, we have a ball go through the hands of um, 
I've, I've just absolutely drawn a blank here. <laughs> it's absolutely uh, drawn a blank right here. Uh, I remember we had the ball go off our receiver's hands here. Uh, you have to forgive me. It's Caleb ducking. I apologize. Again, I've been on the road an awful lot. But uh, ducking lets the ball go through his hands. It is an interception returned 11 yards by trading Stukes to the MSU 28. So, again, here we are, giving Arizona a chance to climb back in the game. But your defense stands pretty tall here, basically gives up two yards. There is the first down gain, Tyrus Sweet with a nice tackle there. And then second and eight, uh, Jonah Coleman runs for no gain. Tyrus Sweet again on the play. And then incomplete to McMillan, which forces a fourth and eight, 43-yard field goal attempt. And, and Tyler Loop bangs it, bangs it true to make it a 15-10 ball game. And again, we're just kind of living dangerously, but you, you feel like State should be ahead, and you look up and we're only up five. State puts together a decent drive here. Probably a drive we should have finished. But we had, again, some untimely issues here. So we go off left side for three yards with Woody Marks. We come back incomplete to Tulu, but there is a P.I. on the play, which gives us a first and ten. So we're already out there approaching midfield just after two plays, and we haven't really done anything you know, tremendous offensively, but we're, they're gifting us some field position here. We run Marks for one yard, come back on second and nine, and Marks gets another yard. And on third and eight, we swing it out to Dylan Johnson for a one-yard loss. And uh, this is when they kind of brought the heat here, and we just simply didn't pick it up. So credit the Wildcat defense. The, the crowd was really into it. And then George, I'm going to try it again. I, I'm getting some messages about this. George Georgiopoulos or George, it's, it's just George. Right, 45 yards to the Arizona 11. All right, Bulldog defense again, uh, you know, trying to get some things done here, but, uh, you know, having some difficulty getting off the field. They're uh, incomplete to uh, Jacob Cowan there on first down. They come right back on second down, and uh, it's incomplete to D.J. Williams. You think, okay, third and long here. Let's get off the field. They run. I believe it's the corner route here to Michael Wiley, who gets 15 yards. He beats Jet Johnson in space here. And that's just kind of one of those things with Jet. Jet's a great player, but sometimes in coverage – you know, it's a little bit of a challenge for him. First and 10 now from the Arizona 26. It's complete to Dorian Singer for four. Second and six, they finally connect with Jacob Cowan for a meaningful play here. Picks up the first down. They did a good job against Jacob Cowan, though, and more on that uh, later in the show. First and 10, incomplete to McMillan. Second and 10, uh, complete to uh, McLaughlin for just three yards. Jackie Matthews kind of lurking there off the hash. That's a great job. That's a guy that understands uh, football and sees the field exceptionally well. Uh, third and seven, pass complete for eight yards. Jalen Green on the tackle, but it, it allows them to move the chains. Now it's first and ten in plus territory. It's incomplete to Alex Lines. And then there's a false start penalty that makes it a uh, second and 15. Second and 15, they're complete to Cowan for just one yard. Jed Johnson with a nice tackle in space there brings up a third and 14 situation. And then State brings the heat, and uh, an errant pass is thrown. Uh, Delara did not have a good night, and State really uh, really the, the big reason for that. The, the impetus behind his inaccuracy was State's pressure. So a 53-yard punt for a touchback. State takes over with 6.52 to go in the half. 
no huddle here as we get ready to roll here. Uh, complete to Jaden Wiley for five. We go back to Rufus for four, which brings up a third and one, and then Dylan Johnson. And in these situations, I always trust Woody and Dylan. I mean, you know, maybe two years ago, maybe not so much, but I expect to convert on third and short. We do here. First and 10, Dylan Johnson runs for another 10 yards, brings up another first down at State 42. And it's a nice throw on the back, a back shoulder play for 18 yards to Rara Thomas. That's something that uh, Will and Rara have looked very good uh, implementing this year. First and 10 from the Arizona 40 were complete to Austin Williams. Five targets for Austin Williams, five catches, two of those for touchdowns. Uh, second and two, Dylan Johnson runs in between the tackles here for five yards to move the chains. Makes it a first and 10 from the Arizona 27. And then Cam Jones, one of our more reliable linemen, didn't have a great night last night. Uh, false start here, backs it up, makes it first and 15. And rather than panic, we go right back to DJ, who runs for 11 yards. They call timeout. Second and four here, DJ runs for three to set up, again, a manageable third and short. What do we do? This time, they're all selling out for the run. We throw that ball to Tarara. Uh, inside the 10-yard line, uh, down at the 2 for 16 yards. Great play call there, great execution by Will and Ra-Ra to make it a very interesting, very, very interesting situation. So from there, it's uh, first and two, and again, a chance for us to really cash in here. And you think we can go two for one here. Uh, but on this play, first and two, DJ, a loss of two yards, which sets up a second and four. We're incomplete then to Wiley, and then we go to Rara, and it's broken up. And this was another back shoulder throw. We left the ball inside. The ball placement wasn't great here. And then Christian Roland Wallace breaks it up, which forces another field goal attempt. Ben Rabin bangs it through. So it's now an 18-10 ball game. But you feel like, you know what, State's letting these guys hang around. State is clearly the better team but the scoreboard has not reflected it as of yet. Arizona takes over at their 25 again, thanks to a Ben Rabin touchback. Uh, it's complete then to Jacob Cowan for just six yards. On second and four, they get a nice completion to McLaughlin, who is really, was really a good player for them. I thought he had a really good night for them. DeCambrion, nice tackle here, but it sets up a first and 10 at their 44, and you begin to wonder if they're going to be able to get some points. That's the last thing you want to do when you give them the ball back with under a minute to go in the half. Uh, and so they drive again, a nice throw and catch here to McMillan, 24 yards down to the state 32, and, and you're really beginning to think we're, we're going to give up points here. Next thing you know, there is a wild exchange there, and then Randy Charlton knifes through and touches uh, Jaden Delara down for a loss of 15 all the way back to the, uh, the, the MSU 47. They call timeout, set up a Hail Mary, third of the end zone ball broken up by Forbes. And so we get into the halftime locker room with an 18-10 to 10 advantage but it really felt like State should be farther ahead. I think we would all agree. While State had the lead, we, it, did, it was not a very polished lead. Let's take this time now and thank our friend Blair Chandler at CloseWithBlair.com. Again, no top ten list today, but let's get uh, Blair's mention in. Blair's been a great sponsor and uh, done a great job for some of our Boneyard listeners who were looking to refinance their mortgage or perhaps uh, buy a home for the first time. Blair, very successful in what he does, top 1% close ratio in the country. Visit him at CloseWithBlair.com, that's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com, or give him a call or text today at his personal cell number, not some 800 number, not some uh, office number that's just going to, you know, voicemail is going to sit there for a month before anybody responds. Blair, you're going to get Blair directly, 601-500-2344, again, 601 
2344. Mentioned to Blair, you heard about him on the Boneyard. He's going to pay for your appraisal. It's about a $500 value. Again, that's closedwithblair.com. Okay, let's get into the second half here. And this is where I think State began to kind of exert themselves a little bit, but we still had a little bit of that second half malaise. We still had you know, opportunities to knock them out and uh, were unsuccessful in doing so. And it's really more about us than it is about them. And Mike Leach gave them some credit, obviously, for, uh, for playing hard and really competing to the end. I felt like it was our own lack of execution that kind of allowed them to hang around. That's the thing. Uh, it's difficult to impose your will when the better team has their foot on your throat. And uh, I, th- I think if we go out and score a little bit earlier in this half and show a little more productivity uh, after this opening drive, that we have an opportunity to go ahead and knock these guys out. But you allow these teams to have hope, and they get a little bit reckless here. And that's kind of what happened. But again, for the second consecutive game, State comes out on the opening drive and uh, gets some much-needed separation. And while State had the lead, you want to be able to build from there. You make your halftime adjustments. And uh, you know State does a great job here. Just kind of go ahead and, and, and seizing control of the game. And I, I credit Will Rogers for a lot of this, too. You know, Will is a guy, too, that understands the importance of these opening drives of halves. And, uh, again, State comes right out, responds as they should. And I thought this drive really showed some urgency. On first and 10 from our 25, we swing it out to DJ, who who rambles for eight yards here. Again, a very manageable second, too. Uh, we swing it back out to DJ again, who gets nine. First and 10 from the MSU 42, we're complete the Caleb ducking for 14. First and 10 from the Arizona 44. It's a nice pass down to Rufus Harvey, and it's good to see Rufus involved. Rufus is a guy, there's so many things that happen, kind of runs through Rufus because you, you have to respect him. You start playing him tight, he'll slip by you. Next thing you know, it's a touchdown. Now it's first and 10 to their 24. We go right back to Rufus, who gets seven. Uh, third and three here, and then we, Marks just, again, runs up the middle. It just seemed like whenever we needed the conversion, we are able to get it. I mean, it was just like whenever we needed it. You know, we don't have to go out there and run as part of the game plan. We're not reliant on the run to win games for us, but this is how it really impacts the game plan. People have to respect us. First and 10 from their 13, incomplete, incomplete, uh, and they call holding on us too. Uh, and this is Dollar Bill Johnson. Makes it a first and 20, but rather than panic, we go right back to work. We hit Tulu for 18, which sets up a second and two from the Arizona five-yard line. And then we hit Austin Williams for the touchdown here. Rabin good on the extra point now. That's 25-10, and I think everybody in Starkville, those that had power, uh, were able to kind of breathe a little bit easier here. Defense made it stand up, too. Uh, Arizona gets, again, a touchback. Ben Rabin, probably your fraternity brother. Uh, we stack him up here, Cam Young, with a nice tackle in the middle here. No gain for D.J. Williams. D.J. Williams and runs for a three-yard loss. Buki Watson meets him in the hole there before anything could get started. Now it's third and 13. They're off schedule. There's, I mean, I'm sure that's what they were saying in the halftime locker room. Let's go back. We kind of abandoned the run a little bit early. Let's go out here and reestablish the running game. Third and 13. Nice conversion here. They, they swing it out to Mike Wiley, who gets the first down here uh, at, at their 38. And then it's a run for three up the middle, brings up a second and seven. Jalen Green with a nice nice play here. And then it's a pick by Emmanuel Forbes. And he had one earlier nullified, and he was out of bounds. No matter what you may think, he was. 
the foot's got to come down. It's not a situation like if you're running out of bounds, you can toe tap and drag the toe. If you're if you're on the boundary, the heel has to come down in bounds. Those are the rules. It, it's not. It only happens to us. It happens to everybody. But again, here's a pick that required no review. All right, first and ten now, and again, state a chance to kind of put things away here. And again, back to back weeks, Jameer Calvin kind of unfortunately involved in a key turnover, just like last week. We're getting ready to go down. Next thing you know, we've got a fumble that's returned, and uh, you know, similar situation here. First and ten at our forty-four, you got a chance to go in here and basically deliver the kill shot. We're complete to uh, Jameer Calvin for seven. They strip it out, give them credit for making the play, and then it's returned all the way down to the MSU four. Really unfortunate situation. And Jameer, of course, is a senior. And listen, fumbles are part of football. Okay, I'm not sitting here you know, labeling him for this, but that's two times now in back-to-back weeks. There has not only been a turnover, but it's been returned a considerable amount of distance that really set up a scoring situation. First and goal from the four. DJ runs for a two-yard gain for them. Then it's complete to Cowan for the touchdown. And you had to know in that situation that's who they're looking for. you got to make somebody else beat you. But, hey, they, they get us from the, the two, and the uh, the kick is good. So now it's a 25-17 game. Now it's a one-score game again. Again, every, we had every opportunity to knock these guys out, and we just kind of let them hang around. You know, Or is that going to jive with the uh, Louisiana Voodoo next weekend? Mm, I don't know. All right, first and 10 from uh, our 25. We'll complete the ducking for 10. Brings up another first down. Simeon Price in runs for no gain. Makes it a second and 10 situation. We'll complete to Dylan Johnson for six. Makes it a third and four. And then we give up a sack, our first of the night. And they did have some pressure at times on us, but I thought the offensive line, for the most part, played well. But this is when we kind of had a pretty rough segment here for the O-line. It's kind of the beginning of it. And you know Mason Miller will be all on those guys. Uh, as a result of that. But uh, you give up the sack there, and I guess it was two sacks on the night. One of them was Will's fault. This one was on the O-line. All right, so we punt, and Archer Trafford, a great job here, kind of delays the kick, allows the coverage team to get down there, and it's a 60-yard bomb down at the Arizona 6. Great job by Trafford, great job by the coverage unit. Everybody did their job here. They start at the uh, the 6, and that's what you want when, you, when you're trying to put uh, your foot on somebody's throat. You want to make them drive the length of the field. They nearly did. So first and 10, it's incomplete to Wiley. And we're in his face again. And it's short to Cowan for nine, which makes it third and one. And then we get flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct. Now, the reason that we got flagged is because on this passing play, there was a ridiculous hold right in front of the center judge, and he didn't call it. And I understand Zach Arnett may have gotten credit for it. Some other people thought it was Leach. Regardless of who it is, it was an egregious no call, and then we end up getting tagged for 15 yards here. Now it's first and 15, and again, third and short, there's no guarantee they're going to pick it up. We gift them a first down in a little better field position. Uh, it's now uh, first and 10 from their 30, and then they run for one yard here, brings up a second and nine, and then it's complete to Michael Wiley, a guy that, again, a very talented player for them. Uh, and, and a guy that has proven to be a very skilled receiver out of the backfield. He's more than just a one-trick pony. I like his game. I do, and I think he and D.J. Williams are a nice complement to each other. But he gets us here. Uh, a couple times he beat us out in the pass pattern. All right, so um, first and 10 now from the Arizona 41. 
It is a complete pass to Alex Lyons for eight yards. It's a manageable second and two. And guess who? Michael Wiley runs for four yards across midfield to the MSU 47 uh, for a first down. First and ten, they hit McMillan again. Good ball game for him, 13 yards down to the state 34. And you're thinking, you know what? They're going to score and go for two, and we're going to be stuck. That's how it felt, right? They run John Coleman for four. And then next thing you know, Tyrus Weed gets out there, bats the ball up. Bookie Watson picks it off. Should have scored. I gave him a little good-natured ribbing in that postgame. But 51 yards, and for some reason he's running and looking back instead of just sprinting all the way. And then a running back, Jonah Coleman, runs him down. Should have been a pick six. It wasn't. Uh, the good thing is, is that State, um, State did cash in, even though it took us the other half of the quarter to get it done. Should have been done here. First and 10, the Arizona 11. We are complete to Austin Williams for six down to the five-yard line. We go right back to him for five-yard touchdown, and they call offensive pass interference. There was no interference there. That was not a pick play. When you see the replay, Rufus is actually making an attempt to get open, and he is impeded by traffic there, and then they flag him. That was not a designed pick play, according to people who draw up the, the playbook. Mike Leach kind of mentioned that indirectly in postgame. Uh, as well, if you're unfamiliar. He said, I don't want to get fines for some things I can't say. But we all know what happened. It was not a pick play. Will Riders also upset. And a good job by Cole Smith kind of stepping in to keep that from escalating. Uh, so second and 19 now from the Arizona 20. We hit Caleb Duckin for nine, which is exactly the right play here. You don't want to try to get it all back, but you want to make a more manageable third down. That runs out the quarter. And so State, again, knocking on the door. Having to hire a new employee sometimes is the absolute worst, right? We've all been there. If you've got your own small business, I mean, you're, you're trusting your livelihood. You're trusting your baby, your blood, sweat, and tears with somebody perhaps you don't know very well. That's why you got to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. How cool is that? There have been times in the past I've made hiring decisions when I was desperate for an employee. It's been nice to have had a partner to help me screen through some of this and make sure that I get people that fit the specific skill set I'm looking for. It's so easy to go make a free ad today at LinkedIn. Maybe you should. And then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it much easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to actually meet, interview, and ultimately hire. It's important to have the right team. It's why every small business rates LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster than ever before. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash boneyard. That's linkedin.com slash boneyard to post your job for free. Some terms and conditions may apply. Fourth quarter. Now, unbeknownst to many of you, they play Don't Stop Believing. And their Don't Stop Believing app is better than ours because their phones flicker. Right? You hear me? Their phones flicker. They play Don't Stop Believing. I joked about it on Twitter. It actually worked for us. So basically what we did on this next possession is any belief they had, we removed it from them. Complete to Caleb Ducking for seven. Sits up a fourth and three. I thought we should kick the field goal here to make it a two-possession game. I even said in the press box, this is a mistake. Mike Leach laughs at my doubt. 
and then he hits Austin Williams. Will Rogers does four yards for the touchdown. Could have gotten the first down inside the one. Didn't need it. Extra point is good. Now it's a 15-point ball game. Still some time left, but at this point, it felt like State had control of the game. And those of you that were concerned about that, the defense kind of made sure at this point the ball game was over. Delora again running for his life, uh, short to Jacob Cowing for four yards, and then uh, Michael Wiley rushes for three yards. It's up a third and three, and it's incomplete. Cowan Duncan, a nice play there to break it up. Forces fourth and three. We thought they may go for it. Instead, they punt. Xavier Thomas with a nine-yard return. And again, uh, Kyle Ostendorp, other than that one shank, man, big night for him. 37 yards on the punt. Filled it at the 11 and brought out to the 20. Again, stayed here with a chance. Kind of put this thing away. Even though we felt good, it would been nice to get a little more, right? Well, Rodgers incomplete to Jaden Wally. Incomplete to Marks. Broken up by Hunter Eccles. And then here we go. Craziness. Woody runs for the first down and then fumbles. And then behind the play, there is a holding call that is eventually declined. But uh, everything that could have gone wrong here did go wrong. And ultimately, we give them back the football at our 20-yard line. Excuse me, our 31. Arizona, again, gifted great field position. Rather than flinch, the defense bowed their backs. First and 10, our 31, incomplete to McMillan. Incomplete to Cowan on second down. And then incomplete to McMillan and DeCamrion Richardson with a PBU there brings up a fourth and 10 and they get flagged for delay a game. How does that happen? How did you're trying to, to inch back into the game? It's a do or die play and you to make the degree of difficulty all the more difficult. So fourth and 15 and then it's uh, complete, but state's in cloud coverage. So they make them throw it underneath and a great tackle on the open field by Jed uh, Johnson and Cameron Young, a great job to hustle out there uh, and make a nice play, kind of help trip him up there, kind of a two man. Uh, act there but uh, again at that point the begin the stadium what was left of it began to kind of file out and uh, it wasn't nearly as many as they announced that was the paid attendance they announced but uh, hey good for them selling a bunch of tickets all right first and 10 at the msu 23 dylan johnson runs for two they were incomplete to tulu nice pbu there by isaiah rutherford and then will rogers is sacked this one is on will will had to get rid of the football earlier and i understand people say hey you don't want to take a chance here you just take the sack um, I don't know. And then George, George, George the Jungle, 41 yards, and uh, Durian Singer fair catches it to 42. Again, the game's still somewhat in doubt here, even though State's up a couple scores here. Delara is incomplete to McMillan for five. Then there is a personal foul on Jordan Davis, hands to the face, and it was the right call here. Allows them to move the ball to the 38. Uh, complete. For five yards, brings up a second and five. And then Jonah Coleman runs for two, makes it third and three. Jacob Cowan then really should have caught this. I thought this was a, a catchable football. And if he does, he has room to run, but he drops it. And then it's uh, they go back to McMillan, and it's incomplete. And again, State's pass rush in Dolores' face. All right, first and ten at the State 31. Complete to Rufus for six. Incomplete to Rara on second and four, but it's now third and four. We hit Rufus again. Great catch by Rufus here. Rufus not scared, for sure. Gives it first and ten at the state 48, and then we start running the football, start working this clock a little bit. Uh, Woody, 11 yards, and this is after the little ankle injury. He, he was helped from the field. He was walking around. He was fine. He entered, re-entered the game. Uh, seemed to be working just fine. Nice jump cut here to kind of free himself for a big game. First and ten at the Arizona 41. Uh, complete to Rufus for six. And then we run off left side. Will, 
takes it and goes here and uh, angles toward the sideline, gets out of bounds, and picks up the first down. First and 10 if they're 29. DJ runs for three. We swing it to Austin Williams, so reliable there, catches it again for eight yards and a first down inside the Arizona 20-yard line. Rara Thomas in a 16-yard catch to set up a first and goal situation at the two. We go to Jaden Wally there, and uh, it looks like it was going to be a difficult catch. Well, part of that's because he was held, so he was going to have to make a one-handed grab. Sits up first and goal with the one. We bring Woody. We're going to run in. We're going to run in the red zone, and they stack us up here. Then they flag uh, Dollar Bill and, a, and a, a defensive lineman both. What really happened here, though, is uh, Winston Sharp pancakes a guy and one of his teammates took offense. And there was a little pushing and shoving. Dollar Bill got in the middle of it. Both guys defending their teammates. Second and two. Then we're complete to Caleb Ducking again. An incredible catch there. Incredible. Incredible catch. At this point, the game is over. There is no doubt who's going to win. It's just a matter of uh, what the final score is going to be. Touchback. I mean, X point's good, and then a touchback. It's now 39-17 state with 318 to go. The few Arizona fans that were still there that were, that were sober were already gone at this point. All right, they bring in uh, Noah Fafita. Now, this kid is not really that big, but he has some incredible arm talent. I was so impressed by this kid. I don't know that he can be a full-time starter. I liked this kid's makeup. I mean, this kid really threw the ball. Well, it comes in just slinging it. Now, granted, he's going against the number two defense, but the kid doesn't lack for confidence. 21 yards to Dorian Singer to open up the drive. Makes it first and 10 to 46. Uh, incomplete to Jonah Coleman, and then complete to McMillan for 27 yards, which makes it first and 10 at our 27. They run it again. Ellington with a nice knife tackle here, kind of goes in there and takes his legs out from under him. Very vicious hit. Second and seven. It's complete to uh, Jonah Coleman, and then Deshaun Page really got downhill on Fafita. Probably a step too late. Gives him a first down at the 11. Rather than quit, second-team defense is like, nah, not going to happen. We want to be first-teamers some days, too. It's incomplete to Dorian Singer. And then on second 10, incomplete to Singer again. Then it's thrown short to Jonah Coleman. State does a good job rallying to the football to Sean Page with a nice tackle. Since it's a fourth and five. They call timeout. They decide to run it, run it to McMillan. These are two former high school teammates laid up there for him. And Banks does a good job raking it out to end the drive and end the threat. And State keeps him out of the end zone. Will Riders, one more completion, first and 10 from our six, lays it up for Antonio Harmon. Nice, nice grab here and gets out of bounds. First and 10, Sully Robertson comes in with his first Bulldog completion, complete to Jaden Wiley for seven. And on second and three, Simeon Price runs for three. That's the end of the ballgame. Mississippi State wins 39-17, just as we all expected. We thought State would win and cover. They absolutely did. And next segment of the show brought to you by your friends at Campus Bookmart. If you haven't been to Campus Bookmart lately, what are you waiting for? The new bully shop, completely renovated. It's all upstairs now. The greatest selection of Mississippi State merchandise in a known world. And I've been to all of them. It's incredible. Go by and check it out today. I was there last weekend. Packed. Absolutely packed. Come, bring your wallet. Bring your Christmas shopping list. It's never too early to start. And you're going to be able to fill it for just about all the Bulldog fans on your list right there at Campus Bookmart. If you can't make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. And that's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. All right, let's look inside the numbers here. 
Uh, you may have already looked at this, but let me give you some context, okay? Because I think some of these things are important. We don't run for over 100 yards very often. We did. We did. And I've said before, I think that is one of our keys to success. we got to run just enough to keep them honest. Uh, Dylan Johnson, 11 carries for a net of 60. Woody Marks, 8 carries for a net of 53. And then Simeon Price, 2 for 2. And then Will Rogers, because he had a, a positive game, a long of 6, ends up just being negative 9. So it's 106 yards for the team. I think the games that we run for 100 yards, we're going to win. That's just my honest opinion. I think I think the math kind of bears that out. Uh, Will Rogers, 39 of 49. And, of course, he saddled with a couple of drops too, right? The one that went through Ducking's hand, I remember his name this time, uh, the one that Harmon dropped. So you think 39 of 49, 313 yards, four touchdowns and a pick. Let's say he just gets those two back. You know, he's probably closer to 340 and uh, 41 of 49 with no interception. Also gave up two sacks. One of them was on him. One was on the offensive line. Uh, Jaden Delora, 23 of 45. There was a stretch there that he was about a 30% completion percentage, 220 yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. He was also sacked twice, and he was hurried several other times. All right, let's look inside the uh, rushing yards for uh, Arizona. 40. 40 yards. Michael Wiley ran for 34 yards on that touchdown, and they net 40 for the game. I told you when we recapped it. Little did you know that was going to be the bulk of their running attack, and it was. 34 yards on one carry, and they net 40. So the rest of the carries combined yielded just six yards. You don't think that says a lot about your ability to stop the run at Mississippi State? It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And, and it's not just because of, of Delora having a couple of bad sacks there. Jonah Coleman, five carries, 12 yards. D.J. Williams, who had a really good game against San Diego State, seven carries, 10 yards. And they bring in Jamari Joyner late. It's kind of hard to hold that against him, one for two. And so as a team, they rush for 1.8 yards per carry. On the receiving side of things, Rara Thomas, five catches, 63 yards, along of 18. Caleb Ducking, seven, which led the Mississippi State team, 56 36 reception, 56 yards, excuse me, two touchdowns, along a 14. Rufus, 6 of 54. If we're going to get uh, five, six catches a, a game from Rufus for 50 yards, we'll take that every time. Dylan Johnson, 6 for 34. Austin Williams, 5 for 31, two touchdowns. Tulu Griffin, 2 of 20. I'd like to see Tulu more involved, wouldn't you? Woody Marks, 5 of 19, 5 for 19. Antonio Harmon, the 1 for 16. Jaden Wally, 2 for 12. We tried to go to him a couple of other times, just couldn't quite connect. And then Jameer Calvin, one for seven. And of course, that's the one that uh, yielded the fumble. Now, uh, McMillan, we, it seemed like we called his name a million times, but uh, four receptions for a nice 69 yards. Michael Wiley, four for 54. But as a group there, 27 catches for 276 yards and just the one touchdown. They had a long of 30. Um, defensively, Jed Johnson, again, for the second consecutive week, leads Mississippi State in tackles, seven this time. Tyrus Wheat with five, and it seemed like Tyrus Wheat was even more involved. He's credited with just one quarterback hurry. I would love to know who is charting those because we're not getting our just due here. Also credited with the PBU, Jackie Matthews, a very loud five tackles, and it seemed like he was very close to impacting other plays. Randy Charlton with four tackles, including a sack. Buki Watson, just four, but it felt like Buki was everywhere. And, of course, the one interception. 
One interception for 51 yards return. Jalen Green, three tackles, and then the one pick and credited with the pass breakup. DeCamerion Richardson, three tackles and two pass breakups credited as well. Emmanuel Forbes, two tackles and then two an interception, two pass breakups. He had two other near interceptions on the sidelines. You get loose and fast around 13, you're going to make sports center. Deshaun Page, a couple tackles too. We can run our way down this, but uh, we're not going to. But again, a very good team effort here. Special teams. Archer Trafford, one punt for 60 yards. And then George, two punts, 86 yards, a 43-yard average. And one of those, of course, uh, was a little bit, was kind of short by design. But you look at this, two inside the 20 and one over 50 yards. And Archer Trafford really has always had that ability. And I think we're kind of utilizing it a little bit better now. So good night on special teams, the two extra points withstanding because Ben Rabin put every kickoff, every single one, out of the back of the end zone. He also connected on two field goals and every extra point that he attempted, which was three. So Ben Rabin may be your full-time kicker. We'll see. You know, I don't think you give him on Massimo just yet. But uh, you know, he had the yips a little bit in his career at Coastal when it came to extra points too. It's not like this is just something that, oh, well, he just got to Mississippi State and had some accuracy issues. I mean, he, he, had, he missed some extra points there. We've talked about it could be an issue and lo and behold it didn't cost us a ball game but it certainly was very unsettling for everybody uh defensive numbers for uh, arizona we run, won't run the full list but uh jerry roberts we talked about him last week had a big week against san diego state 10 tackles again so jerry off to potentially an all-conference season for arizona hunter eccles with nine tackles too um, jackson turner was credited with the fumble recovery return for 47 yards also forced and stripped the fumble, too. So, uh, good ball game for Mississippi State. We didn't play our best. And that's what's kind of scary, is you look at the fact that we have beaten two opponents handily, and we haven't played four quarters of football yet. We had, again, the third quarter malaise. We come out with the, the opening drive of the second half and do a great job with that, and then it's like, okay, we're done. But we're not. We've got to maintain that same level of energy throughout a ball game. That's what I think needs to happen to beat LSU. We're not going to be able to go out there and just kind of go through the motions and hope for the best against LSU. It's not going to happen. Because you know what's going to happen down there. They're going to have, what, 101,000 crazy people and then a few of you out there trying to, to devour us whole. And if you've never played a game at Tiger Stadium or never attended a game at Tiger Stadium, when you're down there at field level, it feels like the ground is going to open up and swallow you whole. Now, we as a team have played in some very hostile environments. So I, I suspect we'll handle the crowd noise just fine, but what do we do when it's not LSU getting on a roll, but it's us getting LSU on a roll? We've been very fortunate in respect that the last two ball games, defensively, we've been able to step up. And, and maybe that continues, but it shouldn't always follow the defense. When the offense comes out that first drive of the second half and puts the ball in the end zone, we've got to maintain a sense of urgency. And I think our offensive line kind of, you know, relaxed a little bit. I think that showed. And that's something Mason Miller will have to correct, and I'm sure that he will. But we're not going to be able to get away with that at LSU. You're just not. I mean, you saw it at Florida State. Notre Dame – excuse me, Florida State is in charge, 17-7. to That game should be over. And next thing you know, the Bayou Bengals with the Cajun voodoo all of a sudden find a way to make that game awfully interesting. You can only imagine how that's going to happen and kind of play out uh, in Baton Rouge itself. So it's important to kind of note that. We are not going to be able to have these third quarter, you know, malaise type moments. We're going to have to find a way 
to have some offensive consistency. Even, even if we're just flipping the field and winning the battle of field position, you know, ideally you want points, but we certainly can't have these three and outs. And some of those three and outs are of the negative, the, the kind of net yardage, negative variety. Can't allow that to happen. You just can't. Because all it takes is one play at LSU, a block punt, or, you know, there's, there's, they're, they're always waiting to explode. And those fans, most of them will never quit on that team. And that's the thing, too. They, they're going to be there in numbers because they think, hey, we're, we're starting SEC play. We're going to turn the season around. You know, we had the big uh, offensive explosion against Southern. We have fixed our issues. I don't know if it's true or not, but you better expect State to see a very hostile environment in Baton Rouge. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by our friends at Portico. We've mentioned them so many times on the show, and uh, it's not just lip service. If I was moving to Starkville now, I would move to Portico. You can say, well, Steve, why don't you move now? It's a little more complicated than that. You going to buy my house? Okay. We can talk about it. Uh, but uh, here's the deal. Maybe it's your ballgame weekend retreat. Maybe you said, you know, I've always wanted to have a place in Starkville. Maybe now is the time. Portico, 1.1 miles away from the Mississippi State campus. You can start with a two-bedroom, two-bath home, go all the way up to a four-bedroom, four-bath home. And whether it be your future retirement home, maybe it just be you know, your second home, they're going to have something for you. Could be your primary residence. It would be for me. I'd love to live that close to campus. But you're on the convenient side of campus, not the busy side of campus. Go by and check it out yourself. Turn off 82 on a 12, like going to campus. Take the very first right, which is Pat Station Road. Go through that four-way stop, and there's Portico right to your right. Go, a self-guided tour, if you will. You need more information, you call my friend, your friend, Mississippi State's friend, Brooks Bryan, 601-416-8075. Again, 601 416 8075. Make Portico your next move. All right, in the final moments we have together, let's look around the Southeastern Conference. You know, uh, that's the thing about covering games. Sometimes it's difficult to kind of keep up with what's happening. I had so many of my friends, because I was driving down to Tucson, I was listening to the Alabama game, and I had so many people like, oh, did you see this? No, I didn't see it. I'm on the way to the game. I didn't get to sit home and watch football all day like some of you. I, I was at Arizona. But Alabama... They did what Alabama does, and that's find a way to win. They, they were not good in this game. Bryce Young, not good in this game. But when the game was on the line, Bryce Young runs, desperation, third down conversion, sets up a game-winning field goal, Alabama wins, 20-19. And you know as well as I do, once Bryce Young ran out of bounds, what the outcome of this ballgame was going to be. So 20-19, Give Texas their due. They're not back, but I tell you what, I don't think most people expected this game to be close outside of the people in, in Austin, Texas. So tip of the cap to them. We don't believe in moral victories here at the Boneyard, but uh, I give Texas my respect because I did not expect them to compete with the level in which they did. Uh, a game that went pretty much as I expected, other than the fact that South Carolina scored a few more points than maybe I expected, Arkansas wins 44-30. Arkansas might be the best-looking team in the SEC right now. What? Yeah. Yeah. And I know it's two weeks in, and we went through this last year. You know, Arkansas got off to the big start, and everybody's like, hey, look at these guys, and then it didn't quite work out. But Arkansas's playing well. You know, 21-9 lead at the break and never really felt that they were out of it. You know, South Carolina comes back and scores in the third quarter to make it a, a one-possession game, and then Arkansas wins the fourth, kind of going away there. 
So they win. And Spencer Rattler with a big ball game, 376 yards, also had a uh, safety, took an intentional grounding call in the end zone late in that ball game for a safety. That, 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 that's just stupid. You can't do that kind of stuff. But uh, Arkansas, 2-0 and now, and picked up a very valuable win in a Southeastern Conference. Uh, Wake Forest and Vandy, a game for a quarter, and with Wake's quarterback back, uh, Hartman, you, you kind of knew that Wake would probably run away with this. They do. Vandy's offense, somewhat one-dimensional. Wake wins 45-25. The former fighting Brett Hobarts with a 20-point win in Nashville. Kansas State did what we expected them to do against Missouri. We knew they would score. We knew the Missouri defense was somewhat questionable. They ran the football with some authority. They went 40-12 to and the Little Apple. I don't think anybody that picked this game truly expected Missouri to win. Those defensive issues are, are still an issue, and I'll tell you this too. Kansas State, under Kleiman, they bring a real old-school mentality to the line of scrimmage. I mean, they want to go out there and physically impose their will. And when you've got a defense that, uh, that, that believes tackling should be optional in college football, it's going to be a long day, and it was. Kansas State you know, wins every quarter of a ball game. I mean, that didn't always happen. They did. 40-12. to 12. Tennessee. Watched the ending of this game when we were at uh, Arizona Stadium. Jason Crowder and I. 34-27 win. I expected Tennessee to win. I didn't think it would be quite this close. And I contend to you that Tennessee remains the most underrated team in the country. I don't know why people are so reluctant to get on the bandwagon. They go on the road and beat a top-20 opponent, and they win the game. A team that beat them last year. Give Tennessee some credit. And this game was nip and tuck the whole way through. You knew it was going to go down to probably a final possession. It did. And Tennessee with the dub, 34-27. Probably the biggest story of the weekend. Appalachian State goes into College Station, Texas, and wins 17-14. Now, I thought Appalachian State would make this interesting. I picked A&M to win and App to cover. So, I guess I get the win there um, because that's how we pick is a spread. I never expected Appalachian State to win this game. I just didn't think A&M would cover. Guys, A&M and Jimbo Fisher, this is Gus Malzahn. This is, they are an 8-4 and four team, period. The years that they're not, that's the exception rather than the rule. You don't think this team's going to lose three more games? You kidding me? Not that Jimbo's going to any danger of getting fired, but they're proven to be one of the more overrated teams in the country year in and year out. It's almost like Florida State baseball. So, huge win for App State and huge loss for A&M, who was ranked sixth in the country. I said on the show last week they were overrated at six. They proved me right. Georgia, 33 to nothing, kind of a pedestrian win there. You didn't expect that. There was no line in the game. I expected a bigger blowout, but, uh, you know, hey, good enough. Kentucky goes into Gainesville and beats Florida. I picked Florida because Florida was playing at home. I, I have to give Kentucky credit. I don't like them. I, I don't like them. I think they're extremely overrated. I think Will Levis is uh, getting way too much uh, hype. But they win the game. And it really, you know, that second half, it wasn't close. Florida completely shut out in the second half. And that's one of the things that we talked about is Mark Stoops gave Dan Mullen fits defending his own read. It's like he kind of had the kryptonite. 
Did that carry over? It absolutely did. Richardson is 143 yards passing. And it's incredible to see the Georgia fans take such glee in this. But uh, Kentucky announced one with three or four against Florida. So 26-16 winners. That's going to be a big win for Mississippi State. We go Lexington to beat those guys. Ole Miss all over Central Arkansas. 59-3. Played um, a couple quarterbacks, I guess. Mingo with 103 yards receiving. Uh, game was never in doubt. 28-0 first quarter. Anybody expecting Central Arkansas to make that a game has not kept up with anything. You know, kind of where Arkansas is a cool place. Really is. What's this, Fred's Burgers up there? Fred, maybe I get a burger from you right this time up there. I think it's Fred's. There's a local hamburger place up there that's outstanding. DJ Looney, got rest his soul, told me about the place. And when Ani lived in Conway, we went there just, just about every visit. It's a really good place. San Jose State really made this an ugly game for Auburn. San Jose State is not any good. And they lose 24-16 on the Plains. Auburn is 2-0. and Remember this time last year, everybody was talking about how great that offense was? Nobody's saying that now. Nobody's talking about that Auburn offense now. T.J. Finley, 167 yards passing. passing. Leading rusher for Auburn, Robbie Ashford, back of quarterback, 61 yards. LSU, Mississippi State's next opponent all over Southern, 65-17. Uh, to 17. Listen, this game was not a contest. And, and really, I admire LSU for writing this check because you're going to pay an FCS team to come up there basically and pay, play a sacrificial lamb. Why not pay your across-the-city neighbors? And this, uh, Pete Richardson did a great job at Southern for years. I'm glad to see this happen. We knew Southern wasn't going to win, but you know what? Southern will make good use of that money. But it's 65-17, and uh, these offensive numbers are gaudy. And, and, and you're not going to be able to draw any conclusions from this whatsoever. I think it's important to kind of understand that. Jaden Daniels, though, a pretty, pretty big ball game for him. Uh, 10 of 11, 137 yards, three touchdowns. They brought in Garrett Nussmeyer, too. He went 13 of 23 and threw two picks. Good chance we see both of those guys next week. Uh, they kind of did a running back back committee thing. Butte is the guy. Uh, Keshawn Butte, that's the guy right there. He is one of the more talented players in the country. That That's the guy. that you talk, we, we talked about the enemy of the state. That's the enemy of the state. That guy killed us last year. Um, league neighbors, three catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, they kind of spread it around a little bit. But, um, you know, listen, again, you, you can't draw any conclusions from this. But you, you have to understand LSU is going to show up prepared and ready to play. It's important to understand that. Anybody that thinks we're going to sneak up on them, kidding yourself. And the fact that we've been named a favorite in that ball game, we'll have their full attention. We're not going to go in there and steal a win. We've got to go in there and earn one. And then you saw back in 14 with Dak and those guys, we had them completely on the ropes, and then we kind of had that Mullen malaise, and they come back, and next thing you know, it goes down to the last play of the game. should have never happened. When we had our chance in 17, we made sure it didn't. 37-7. Looking ahead the next week, we'll preview these on Friday. Youngstown State, 2-0 at Kentucky. Not expecting a game, but Youngstown State, I'm sure, will get out and compete. Abilene Christian, 2-0 at Missouri. Are the Tigers on upset alert? Shouldn't be. Georgia at South Carolina. South Carolina looking to get off to an 0-2 start in the SEC. Penn State is at Auburn. 
you got to like the Nittany Lions in this one, don't you? That's a CBS game, too. Uh, Ole Miss at Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech now 1-1. One and one, But uh, we all saw them play against Clemson. Now, they're going to have a tough time scoring. Now, of course, that Ole Miss defense sometimes uh, kind of plays a role into that, too. They were much improved last year. But, uh, you know, what's Georgia Tech and a running quarterback going to do? I just don't think Georgia Tech can score with Ole Miss. But, uh, you know, we'll see how the week goes. Vanderbilt at Northern Illinois. Vanderbilt had a chance to open up 4-0. Probably a good chance for them to win their final game of the season right here. I still think they'll they'll challenge South Carolina and Ole Miss a little bit. I don't think they can score with them. But, uh, you know, the, the, the run-first quarterback sometimes gives Ole Miss some trouble. And Vanderbilt always gets up for that rivalry game. You know, sometimes Ole Miss does. Sometimes it sneaks up on them and they lose. And they're like, I didn't know they were our rivals. Well, they are. Whether you want them to be or not, it's going to be a big ball game. It'll be a huge ball game. Could be Ole Miss's season. All right, uh, UL Monroe is at Alabama, and God bless them. Absolutely, God bless them. And then, of course, State's at LSU. Missouri State at Arkansas, and then Akron at Tennessee. So Tennessee looking at a 3-0 start here. South Florida is at Florida. Florida should be able to out-athlete them without any trouble. And then Miami going into Texas A&M. That's an 8 p.m. kick. That's going to be an awfully interesting ball game. Of course, Miami trailed early to Southern Miss and then absolutely steamrolled from there. If you're the Texas A&M Aggies, and you just lost to App State. What is your focus this week, right? I mean, it's like it's incredible to think about the position they're already in. The last year, yeah, they turned it around to beat Alabama, but yeah, did you, did you forget they lost to Arkansas and both Mississippi schools as well? That's kind of the Jimbo Fisher deal. You know, people forget Florida State was already trending in the wrong direction. It's like Jimbo got out one step ahead of the fire. You know, so we'll see what happens with that, but. Um, Listen, we're going to cut it short today. As I told you guys, i got to get into bed, and then i got to get on the road. And uh, I will be there at Mike Leach's press conference. Look forward to that. I don't want Leach to think I'm a slacker. It's like, oh, Steve, I saw you in Arizona, but you missed the press conference. Well, no, I'm here, coach. I'm here. I'm here. To, to borrow a phrase from a previous coach, I shall give relentless effort. Uh, if you hadn't done so, go to dogpiledabook.com, and you can order all of my sports books there. You can get them signed. You can personalize however you'd like. Uh, looking for my poetry book, Blooms of Oleander, you can find it at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, BooksandMegan.com, and uh, Stark Villains gear, always available at StarkVillains.com. A lot of people ask, like, I wore a Stark Villain shirt Friday on Maroon Friday. Hey, where did you get that? Well, StarkVillains.com. What could be easier than that? Uh, be sure and go check that out. But, uh, again, we'll have a good week this week. It'll be, a uh, again, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We'll be on schedule. Eager to hear what Mike Leach has to say. Uh, you know, he doesn't give you a whole lot on Mondays, but uh, I think this weekend, I think we learned a little bit about the team. But I think we also learned some things that are somewhat concerning about the team. Do we lose focus from time to time? How do we train our focus this weekend against LSU to ensure that we get out of there with a win? Because if State gets out of there with a win, you're looking at a 4-0 start right out of the gate because you got Bowling Green the next week. Right, And so then all of a sudden you start thinking, okay, is this season unfolding before our eyes a little bit better than maybe we had anticipated? And that's what makes this such a big game. A lot of people, including myself, had written off that LSU game as a loss. You find a way to go down there and win that, and all of a sudden I think it changes your expectations a little bit for the season. Now LSU is going to have athletes, and we're going to preview them uh, much later in the week. But I think the reality of this is, is that this is a golden opportunity uh, for State to go down there 
But I think in many respects, too, with State getting all this respect, it's going to kind of poke the bear a little bit. So we're going to have to bring our best effort. I know that Will Rogers will have his guys ready to go. I know that uh, even though we've won these ball games, we've had some teachable moments. So nobody can rest on their laurels. And I think you have to look at OSU kind of like that wounded tiger. But you can't get too close for him because he just might rip your head off. Right? So uh, we look forward to seeing you guys back on campus uh, next weekend when we play Bowling Green. But uh, if you're in the area, uh, please head down to Tiger Stadium. I know many of you don't like to do that because uh, the fans there are not quite as hospitable as they are in the rest of the conference. Uh, I have, I've had some negative experiences there too myself, even though I lived there for 16 years. But the uh, reality of it is, is uh, I would not, not let anybody get in the way of us going supporting the Bulldogs. And to all of you Bulldogs that made the trip to Arizona, uh, tip of the cap to you. Uh, many of you went a long distance to do that. And again, not judging anybody that didn't. Not trying to make anybody feel guilty. Just a tip of the cap to those that made that extra effort. And uh, I tell you, I had a great time out there. I had a great time uh, in southwest United States. I have passed through there before. But I've never truly had a chance to visit until this time. And I uh, got out and did some really cool things. Went and did all the Breaking Bad stuff. Went and saw Walter White's house. That's right. And the people that live there don't want you taking pictures of their house unless you're across the street. They got signs up and everything. It's, I tweeted it out, and it was just so incredibly ridiculous. But uh, can you imagine being those people with all these Breaking Bad people like myself that are going to just go by to catch a glimpse of the house or whatever? And They've painted the house. They've tried to change the look of it. They finally put a fence up to keep people from throwing a pizza on top of the house. It's a big scene in, in the series if you've never seen it. They put a fence up, got uh, all kind of stuff out, signs out there, leave us alone. And you kind of hate it for them, but I'm just thinking to myself, why don't you just sell the house? You could probably sell it to some big Breaking Bad fan that might be willing to make a museum out of it or something. You know, I don't know if, the, if your neighbors would like it or not. But uh, you, know, you, you have a famous home, you're going to invite some of those people over whether you want to or not. Uh, but again, made the rounds, went and saw Better Call Saul's nail salon. And if you've seen that, you know what I'm talking about. His initial office was like in the back room of a nail salon. And uh, that shopping center is basically like a third world country now. Like it was the uh, the anchor stores, there was a fire there. And so basically you just have like your out parcel strip right there. And there's only a couple of those places that hold tenants. And the nail salon being one of them, uh, ladies very nice there. Very nice. Not that I need to get my nails done. Maybe you do when you're in the... Uh, in the Albuquerque, New Mexico area. You can go by and do that. But um, a lot of cool stuff out there in the Southwest. And, uh, again, for a guy that grew up in South Mississippi, you know, I've seen these stuff kind of in movies and kind of passing through. But uh, it's a very picturesque part of the country. And uh, if you traveled out there like I did, many of you flew. Uh, I did, and I like to drive. I, I mean, I, I will drive to Alaska, but I won't fly to Birmingham. I, just, I, just, I don't enjoy it at all. had some negative experiences flying and uh, made a deal with the man upstairs one time. If you get me off this point, I'll never fly again. And uh, so, yeah, I've had some negative experiences. But I like, you know, it's not just the driving, man. I enjoy getting out and seeing things like this. I mean, we're not somebody going to get a chance to go pay my respects to Billy the Kid, right? And I'm going to tell you this, too. A lot of people are like, oh, Steve, it's so cool. you, you got to kind of plan that because you're not just going to happen up on it. It's like three hours away from Albuquerque. So maybe when you're on your way to Tempe, Maybe you're driving out there just to watch us beat Arizona State here in a couple of years. Maybe leave a day ahead and go by on the way and see Billy the Kid. It's a, it's a cool thing. It's not some big production. They do have a museum and there's some cool stuff there. But, you know, it's just kind of like knowing that you're right there 
at the gravesite of some American history. It's a pretty cool thing. And so I, I enjoyed going. I've had a lot of people say, Steve, I'm glad you did that. I, I never know what's going to strike me. You know what I'm saying? It's, you just never know. Like I've been to Robert Johnson's grave, and I'm a person that believes in having respect uh, for the dead. And uh, not that I visit cemeteries a lot, but there are just some people that, I've, you know, that you learn about and you're like, you know what, I, I'm a fan of this person and I want to, I want to go honor their legacy. And, and uh, that's kind of how I felt about Billy the Kid. And so, but again, it's a great area of the country. I can see why people love living out there. The weather's great. And uh, I submit to you this, after spending a few days out there, I didn't get altitude sickness like some other people do. But I will tell you this, this talk about heat in the Southwest, please, please stop having that discussion with me because you're absolutely wrong. As somebody that has lived in the Southeast and then visited the Southwest on multiple occasions now, please do not talk to me about temperatures. I, I, hot is hot. I get it. I understand it. But there is a difference between 100 degrees in Tempe, Arizona, and in Wiggins, Mississippi. So much, and, and let me tell you this, the people that can't take the heat in Tempe would never be able to take the heat and humidity of Stone County, Mississippi. He just absolutely, you want to know why the SEC is so dominant in sports? That's why. That, that's why. It's because we have to deal with this year round. It makes us tougher. So when the Civil War breaks out, and then I'm talking about the global civil war, right? When when everybody, when the Russians finally invade, the last stronghold of this country is going to be in the southeast, and we won't even have to really, uh, you know, really go toe to toe. We'll just go hide in the woods and let the humidity humidity take over. You know, they'll lose interest. We're tough, and there's a reason we're tough. But anyway, no, and I mean that as good naturedly as I can. It was a great time, and the people out there, are fabulous. The food is great. Uh, the the the, uh, the gift shops are great, and, and you can buy so much uh, you know, Native American type art, and I love that, and I love being able to do that in Mississippi too. But uh, I tell you, when you're out Southwest, everything is just a little more vibrant. You know, it's just a little different deal. Uh, so again, I, I thank you to so many of the people that I met out there. I met some great bulldogs from Arizona, some from New Mexico, and many of you at the game came up and said hello to me. And uh, listen. Again, thank you so much for going and supporting the team. And uh, many of them don't get a chance to tell you thanks. So on their behalf, let me tell you, thank you. And I got to give them the fist pump as they were pulling out yesterday on my way to the parking garage. And uh, very proud of these young men and very proud of this university. And so we look forward to uh, being back with you guys on Wednesday. I'm going to get into bed, and then uh, I'm going to hit the road home. So by the time many of you are listening to this, I will already be on the road to Starkville and uh, in hopes of making it in time for Mike Leach's press conference. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.